All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Mob Squad Pod. This is episode 32. Coming back off a little break. And we got a full crew today, which is crazy because I feel like we haven't had that for a hot minute. But Aaron's with us today and Manny. Boys, how's it going? Nick, it's going great, (laughs) man. It is going great. It feels good to be back. I've been traveling around. I haven't had my microphone or my headset with me anywhere. That's my (laughs) bad. But uh, I'm happy to be back on live with you fellas and get this thing rolling. We got some off-season moves already. Things are getting stirred up. I'm sure you talked about the whole uh, Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford last time. And uh, I'm still a little bit bitter about this situation. And and just to throw my two cents out there real quick, because I missed that one. But I feel like that the whole trade, in my opinion, was an absolute disaster. And I hate the whole thing. All right, that's it. Go ahead, man. uh yeah we we uh we definitely talked about it and um it's one of those at least for me mixed emotion things because while I agree Jared Goff is a good quarterback I also can agree that Matthew Stafford is better so it's bittersweet obviously the whole contract situation makes the trade pretty bad uh but kind of is what it is the Rams have clearly shown over the past couple seasons that they don't mind investing a ton of money in people. And when it's time to cut bait, they'll cut bait because we've already seen it with Goff. Now we've seen it with Brandon cooks. We've seen it with Todd Gurley. So clearly they don't care. But so two first round draft picks as well. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe before that we was, die, that was we'll, like the thing that really stirred me. I was like, all right. I'm not yeah. Maybe before staff. we die, we'll, we'll get to see the Rams make another <laughs> first round selection, but maybe. who knows? That's still kind of up in the air. Um, what we're going to do basically this episode is we're just going to kind of get into a little bit of the, uh, the moves that have been going on because as Aaron alluded to, there's a lot going on right now and there's some teams are going crazy, uh, like the Patriots and the Texans and then other teams like, like the Rams, they've really only made a couple moves and there's really not a whole lot to go over there, but we'll kind of touch base on some of the bigger signings and, Obviously, I'm sure Aaron's going to have some feelings on the Raiders moves because they've made some moves. And I'm sure Manny's going to have some feelings on maybe some of the Eagles moves that they have or have not made. So first thing we'll do is we'll just kind of hit on what the Rams have done because there's really not a whole lot there. And we'll kind of go through the NFC West. Uh, The Rams, basically, the only big things they've done is obviously they re-signed Leonard Floyd. He got $64 million, $32.5 fully guaranteed. Uh, I would say that that's probably a good signing. I don't know how you guys feel about this one. So I'll let you give me your thoughts, but we talked about it pretty much all last season. Linebacker as a whole was a pretty big weakness for the Rams. So Floyd had a really good year. He bet on himself, signed that one year deal. He did really good. And so now he's coming back on a four year deal. So I'm good with it. I think that uh, going forward, we're getting this version of Leonard Floyd as opposed to the Chicago bears version of Leonard Floyd. Uh, Manny, are you good with this signing or were you kind of hoping they were going to go a different direction? No, I mean, when he was signed on, right. I mean, obviously that first round type of player that the Rams were probably, you know, probably expecting not to say that he wasn't that in Chicago, but let's be honest here, right. The bears have been an absolute mess from, from top to bottom. Um, especially at that quarterback spot. Um, but you get you signed the guy in Floyd, in which we all agreed last season when you lost key defensive players, right? You lost Fowler, 
You lost the uh, um, I forget the star linebacker Corey Littleton. Corey Littleton, who led you in tackles, right? So then yeah. our main thing was we don't need Leonard Floyd to become that stud. We just want him to fit in this system. Just do your part, right? Just become the player that you were in Georgia and that you 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 know you you have freak ability, right? So all we needed was for him to try to mesh with Aaron Donald and company. And I feel like that's exactly what happened. And I feel like it's a four-year contract well-earned. He's still in the prime of his career. And to me, it's all ups from here. The only downward spiral about it for me is that you don't have that defensive coordinator coach anymore, right? Um, not to say that he can't, you know, redo what he did this past season, but I think that hurts, especially since this scheme-wise, per se, was the first of its kind in the first year. Um, but listen, Leonard's a paid professional, and I'm sure he realized, you know what? I fit here. I work here, okay? Um, Aaron Donald is a freak of nature. Hakeem Hicks is not in Chicago. This fits who I am. This fits my scheme. And you know what? I love it here. And that's exactly what you want, right, in a guy. And it's not a situation, right, guys, where you traded it. I don't know where, and you gave up two consecutive first-round picks, and you gambled on it, and you were hoping that the player would stay. You know, you obviously learn from those types of situations, I would think, right? And then you sign him to a one-year deal, and if he panned out, you were going to offer him a multi-year extension. So now he's here for four years, and, you know, I believe him on that defensive line, no matter which side they play some left or right, is, like I said, his, his style of play fitted perfectly right next to those guys up front. So I have no issues with it. I still think, you know, it's still Super Bowl or bust with this football team, <laughs> you know, especially with what you gave up to get Matthew Stafford, right? Um, but, you know, that's a conversation I'm sure that we'll have, you know, in the next couple of minutes. But I don't have no issues with Floyd, man. To me, he played to the best of his ability, and he showed that he fits this scheme that the team wants to move forward, especially on the defensive side. Aaron, what are your thoughts on this one? Are you good with it? I am. I was actually pretty excited when they uh, re-signed Leonard Floyd. I thought he had a pretty, I would say, pretty fantastic year last year. Ten and a half sacks. Uh, looks like he's got 55 combined tackles. Uh, I think he, I mean, the Rams, we've said time and time again, the linebackers, they need linebackers. And I think they can build around Leonard Floyd at the linebacker position. And um, I think he's showed all last season, you know, he's a guy that could step up. Uh, he's still relatively young. I mean, he's 28 years old, so they'll have him until he's at least 32. So, I mean, he's still, like Manny said, in the, in the prime of his career. And I feel like he does have potential to only get better. And, and also, just to touch on Manny's thing, too, we'll see how things are going to turn out with the Rams with the new defensive coordinator. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely hoping – uh, that you know they can start picking up. I hope they pick a linebacker up in this new this upcoming draft here um, to kind of help complement Floyd. But I'm I think it was an excellent signing, and I'm looking forward to having him on the team for a few more years. Yeah, I think given the situation they had with the free agents they had, you I guess you could make an argument that they should have invested in John Johnson instead because he was the defensive captain. Um, he was the play caller on the defensive side who relayed all the calls to the defense. You could make an argument that maybe they should have prioritized him instead, but I think the Rams have shown over the past couple of years, they're really, uh, good at drafting safeties and they're good at drafting defensive backs in general. And I think the need at linebacker was greater 
so I'm okay with them re-signing Floyd and letting JJ walk as, as much as I love him and I'm going to miss him. I think the right move was to keep Leonard and he proved me wrong. Cause I know last off season, I was not a fan of that signing at all, but he definitely proved me wrong. And um, I'm glad to have him on the team now. So I, I think we're in a, a good spot now. Like you guys said, it's going to be a question of new defensive coordinator and how well everyone can gel and mesh going forward. But I have no reason to be worried at this point. I think we're, I think we're good. Uh, we'll go through some of the moves for the rest of the NFC West, and then we'll kind of just go through and talk about some of the the bigger moves. I'm sure you guys have some signings that are probably, uh, you know, at the top of your or the front of your mind that you'd like to discuss for the 49ers. They are bringing back Kyle Juszczyk. He signed a five-year contract with $27 million, which is kind of crazy considering he's a fullback, but he does so much more for them besides just being a fullback. Uh, he provides a lot of depth and uh, versatility to that offense, so uh, that's a good move for them. I, I would have been shocked if he would have walked and went somewhere else. Trent Williams, they re-signed him to a six-year, $138 million contract, which is uh, massive. Uh, he's probably the best tackle in the league. You could make that argument. So the, the fact that he got that much money, I guess not a bad thing, but you know, you got to think from a Rams fan perspective, they have Trent Williams now on the line and they brought in Alex Mack to play center. So is it going to be a little bit harder to get through that line this coming year? We'll see. I, I, it certainly looks like the 49ers are tired of seeing Aaron Donald and company in the backfield. Uh, that at least that's what I took from this. Um, other move of note that they made was they actually signed Samson Abukum from the Rams. Um, don't know if you guys had any opinion on that. I, I know I saw some Rams fans on Twitter that were kind of disappointed that the Rams let Abukum go, but me personally, I really didn't care. Uh, I, I kind of got tired of every season wanting to see him take the next step and him never taking that next step. So I don't know if you guys had any opinion on that one. I do not. I mean, I don't. I don't think. I don't think uh, losing Sampson's going to be uh, have that much of an impact on this defense. To be honest. Yeah, Nick. Um, I listen. I I am so with you, especially when the only play I can remember he actually made in a game was against the Chiefs on the Monday night game. I'm trying to think of maybe there was a a crucial sack maybe he had or a crucial play on special teams, but in reality, I can't really remember much from that right so and i'm with you nick it's about time that we move on because how long have we been waiting right yeah I it's mean, been a it, hot minute it's, it's been a good good minute and it feels like year after year we've said oh you know because you see his his workouts in the summer and you're thinking man maybe this guy can be a gem and nah, man listen it's it's quite clear that if it hasn't happened now it's not going to happen anytime soon and the same thing at least, we here, said, at least here, at least here, not saying he can't perform well wherever he goes. Right. But yeah, that's, least, that's entirely possible. Team, yeah. At least on this football team, his role is no longer there. And for me, it's like, I'm sorry that that's an extra spot that we could use on a linebacker per se. Right. <laughs> that's my thing. The, uh, I, I agree. I mean, he could get to the 49ers and blossom into a, a phenomenal talent, but I think at a certain point, players just don't fit in scheme wise, or they just need a change of scenery. Um, and I think Samson, it was time for the, him and the team just to move on. And I would say the same thing for Gerald Everett, Gerald Everett signed a one year deal for 7 million to go to the Seahawks. So he's staying in the division as well. 
And I would say the same thing. I wasn't hurt or broken up about the fact that Gerald Everett was leaving. He is another one of those guys to me that I wanted to see him produce. I, I thought he had the talent and the potential, but we just really never saw it. And there was really no point or justification to really keeping him on the team. So again, I'll, I'll ask you guys, do you think Gerald Everett was worth making an attempt to keep, or are you guys good with him leaving and staying in the division? That's another one. I'm, I'm okay with him leaving. I mean, I've already felt like the Rams had too many tight ends to begin with. And a lot of times they're pretty heavy on their wide receivers. So uh, Gerald Everett, I think he could potentially strive with the Seahawks. You know, maybe it'll, it'll be good for his career to move on to a different team. Uh, and I, I don't feel disappointed at all with this move. Uh, I think, you know, just cut your ties. We have a, a solid tight end already and we just, what we drafted a, a rookie last year. So it's going to be a second year coming in, see what he can do. Yeah. So I say cut ties with Gerald Everett and save. Yeah, yeah, I already am, am pissed off enough that they don't get the ball to uh, Higby. So, yeah, yeah, no, but listen, I, I think that Aaron makes a great point. There's already too many tight ends on this team. And not to mention, like for me personally, right, like if you were going to become something, you've had plenty of time as well. The same thing with him. It's the same thing with, you know, the player that that we kind of mentioned. There were flashes here and there, but I mean, not enough in this league for you to say, oh, I'm going to sign you for another year. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, there's there's plenty of players out there that, you know, you take risks on, right, on one-year deals, but you don't risk a one-year deal on a guy that's been on your team but yet hasn't really been much, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you move on, and again, that's an extra spot that I could use to, to either draft another player or to sign, you know, another guy, you know, on a specific position that you need more than a tight end. And the – Biggest news in the division outside of maybe the Rams trading for Stafford uh, has been done by the Cardinals. Uh, they look like they're trying to almost do like a win now, which is kind of weird because I feel like their team is still pretty young, but I feel like they're signing a lot of older players to try and do like a win now kind of thing and, and compete, which I don't think they're really ready for, but they made some pretty big signings and moves. Um, they brought in AJ Green, which kind of was weird to me. They're bringing him in on a one-year deal. They traded for center Rodney Hudson, who's a phenomenal center. I know Aaron will probably back me up on that because he's yeah. been on that Raiders line for several years now, and I'm sure was, you Raider fans are going to miss him, right? I was upset when they got rid of Rodney Hudson. I yeah. was upset, so I don't know. I mean, he does an excellent job protecting the quarterback. Uh, I mean, just on the offensive line in itself. So I think that's going to be a big game for the, the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Especially. And then obviously everyone knows that they signed J.J. Watt to a two-year deal. He got $31 million and uh, they're bringing back Andy Lee, their punter, who's been a really good punter for several years. And they signed Matt Prater, who's been historically a pretty good kicker. He's got a really strong leg. So it's kind of weird to me some of the moves the Cardinals have made because I feel like normally when you have a team as young and talented as the Cardinals are, you kind of stick with that and you don't necessarily bring in a bunch of aging guys that are kind of at the end of their career. But I guess they feel like they're in a win now and they just want to try and compete the best they can. Um, I, I'll ask you guys. I, I personally feel like AJ Green is done. I, I think all of his best years are behind him, and I don't think he really brings anything to this offense whatsoever. Uh, do you guys think I'm wrong? Do you think he's got something left in the tank? 
Uh, I'll go ahead and jump in real quick. I don't. I think he's done. I mean, just the last two years with the Bengals, I mean, yeah, he had an injury, but ever since coming back, I mean, he he does not look like the same player. And I really don't expect really anything coming from A.J. Green this season. I'll be really surprised if he has a, a productive season this year, I think. I think his career is slowly dwindling down, sadly for him. Uh, and, and yeah, his prime is, has surpassed. I don't expect I feel like he hasn't even played a game in like two seasons. I feel yeah, like he's yeah. just always hurt. So Pretty I, much. I, I don't know what's going on there. Manny, are, are you on the A.J. Green train or you think he's done? I mean, listen, when you talked about having a podcast this week, we actually spoke maybe through four or five text messages and it was basically A.J. Green and – to me, listen, until I see otherwise, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to, you know, not say that the final two years of him being a Bengal was a reason why he wasn't, you know, himself. Yes, he was coming off an injury, but let's be honest here. That team wasn't complete turnover. They were going through a new quarterback, a new rookie, you know, new rookie quarterback out of all things, right, with a new new head coach, new system. Um, I need to see more of this, and I truly feel – that if A.J. Green can at least be 80% of himself, right? Because I feel the way he plays the game, the position, it would it, it would have made the Rams, to me personally, such a much, much more better flowing offense, especially in the passing game. You're, you already have guys that can line up in the outside and in the slot and just do drag routes and do posts. But what A.J. Green does with his size, man, he does curls. He can, you know, go outside. Um, I'm not saying that he could run a force five or a four four anymore. But if he's at least half of what he was in Cincinnati when healthy, you can't tell me you wouldn't take that guy on your football team, especially knowing that you now traded for Matthew Stafford and you're going to need as much help as you can, especially on the offensive side. Um, that's that's my only concern. I am sad, though, to see J.J. Watt signed with Arizona. I felt like this man gave everything to Houston. Go sign for a Super Bowl contending team. You know, I'm not saying that Arizona is not, but to me – I'm not They're a firm not. believer in their offense yet, right? Like I am, and then even with their defense, a little bit here and there, they showed flashes here and there. Isaiah Simmons was pretty good, I must say. I, I did say that he was going to be that rookie guy, you know, out of the out of the whole division, right? But still, like to me, Arizona is not top five to me, close to winning anything. So that's the only signing, I guess, from the Arizona side that I felt, you know, I I truly felt that JJ, you know, he could have gone somewhere else to me it wasn't about the money for him but maybe he just liked the way i don't know they i I guess he fits in into that team on their side of the ball but again you know to me aj green man you get 80 percent of aj green to me that's better than having you know half of these wideouts that we've seen um you know not saying robert woods is not great not saying cooper cup is not great not saying that van jefferson cannot be that guy but you gotta win Right. And aging green brings leadership. He brings that type of versatile um, experience. Right. From vet, not to mention what he can do for you if he's healthy. That was my only, you know, kind of let down per se. That's a huge if. So we'll yeah. see. Huge uh, if. What, one year deal. The same thing we did for Leonard Floyd. No, one for the deal, for the there. for the Cardinals, it's a... oh, for the Cardinals. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, listen to me, him and Hopkins play the same game when they're both healthy. Right. To me, they play the same game, but they're unbelievable wideouts. But, you know, now you're going to, you know, you kind of make A.J. Green the second guy in that offense. And now, once again, if he becomes anything good, 
you know, you can't cover both guys with two guys at the same time. I think if they're if if the Cardinals' plan is to make him even a, a two or, or even a three, I think they're going to be uh, really disappointed. I'll be happy as a Rams fan if they try and do that because I, I like I said, I don't think he's got anything left and he can't stay healthy. But I, I it's a low low risk contract. It's yeah, one year and only, it's six million. That's so. my true. only true. Yeah, no, no. But, but my only thing was that to me, I can't say that because of the last two seasons, because I've seen what the Bengals have become. That's my only thing. Maybe the guy was like, well, why am I going to go out there to give it my, my, my 100? I'm, you know, I'm here only for a good time, not for a long time. Right. That's my only thing. But that, could cer- that could certainly be it. I mean, maybe he was just done with the Bengals the last few years and he just, whatever. I mean, come on. He had freaking AJ McCarron and all these yeah. other guys throwing to him. My, like at some point you're a vet there, right? For eight, nine years, you, you've been the face of the franchise. And yet you've never been given a quarterback worth, you know, going out there and giving it your all. I'm not saying that he did it, but he's coming off an injury. It's like, why am I going to go out there and get 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 hurt again? Why? Yeah. You know, I, if you look no, at him though, he, he hasn't, he hasn't received over a thousand yards since 2017. I got his stats up right now. 2018, he got <laughs> injured, right? He only played nine games, um, 694 yards. So he was killing it in 2018 before he got hurt. But then 2019 didn't play 2020. He played in 16 games. 523 yards, two touchdowns, nothing. So eh, maybe with Joe Burrow, he just wasn't connecting with him. I don't know what it was. Well, also, 2018 Aaron, was the I last think, time he really played a yeah. decent season, and it wasn't a whole season. Aaron, so I also think that I have a soft spot for A.J. Green because I won a Final Fantasy football championship with him. So. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay, the truth comes out. All right. I gotcha. All right. So just to kind of recap the West, uh, obviously – the theme I took away from it was there's a lot of moves that were made to stop the Rams defense because the the Cardinals traded for Rodney Hudson, the 49ers re-signed Trent Williams and they signed Alex Mack and the uh, Seahawks traded for Gabe Jackson, who Aaron will tell you was another outstanding guard for the Raiders. Yeah. So, so to me, the, the theme for the West was, teams trying to stop the Rams defense. Um, that's well, what I took away from it. The Cardinals got rid of Patrick Peterson, which I was a little bit surprised about. Yeah. I, like I, yeah. Like I said, I don't understand the Cardinals moves because if you're a, a young team in your window to win a championship, I understand bringing in veterans at the end of their career. That makes sense. But if you're a really young team, not in your window. You're still really young and you're still developing. I don't understand the logic. To me, that doesn't make any sense. So I don't understand what the Cardinals are doing, but that's why they're the Cardinals. So whatever. Um, before we go on to a couple other little topics, because we're running a little short on time here, I'll just turn it over to you guys. And were there any signings that you wanted to talk about? Aaron, I'll let you go first. Were there any signings that you saw by any any team, it's totally up to you. It could be the Raiders or any other team in the league. Were there any signings that you saw were you know really big impact moves that you think are going to turn around a team or strengthen their roster? Oh my gosh, that's a tough question. Um, I I can't think of any off the top of my head. I mean, I've been following the Raiders transactions a little bit, um, so that's I guess uh, my opinions more based on those guys, and I'm a little bit concerned about their their offensive line and what that is going to be looking like this year uh, because they, they definitely got rid of uh, a good chunk of that, of that offensive line. And then they get, you know, a couple running backs and Kenyon Drake and Theo Riddick. Uh, 
one I am curious about is John Brown going to the Raiders. I mean, he leaves, he leaves Buffalo. Uh, I feel like he's their number two guy over there at Buffalo. And now he's signed on with the Raiders. You got another speedster there. I'm curious to see, see what kind of productivity he can have because I mean, Aguilar was probably the best receiver on the Raiders roster last year and they got rid of him. He went over to the Patriots, which just did a ton of moves this, this season. One thing I do want to talk about, though, what about Deshaun Watson? Because this guy's got some assault allegations against him. I mean, he wants out of Houston. This is big time. Wants out of Houston. He's looking to sign a contract with hopefully any other team. And then now he's got this going against him. Do you, I guess I'm kind of changing subject a little bit, but do you guys even see this guy playing this year? Uh, this coming year? I guess it depends on how these allegations are. I know the NFL is looking into it a little bit. But he's, I don't anticipate him playing at Houston. They just went and picked up two new quarterbacks. And I don't know what team's going to maybe want to take a risk on him. Uh, I almost feel like this is kind of like an Antonio Brown type move. Not ego-wise, but with these allegations of sexual assault. Uh, so I feel like that's going to be a big question mark uh, throughout this offseason for what team's going to is going to sign Deshaun Watson if a team signs him. Is Houston going to keep him? Are they going to drop him? So I'm curious to see what's going to happen there. Uh, yeah, I yeah. I kind of saw a little bit of that storyline breaking, and I haven't had a chance to really follow up too much on it. I know it's up to like I think seven or eight or nine women are coming oh, forward. Got that high? It, it's something like that. It, it's getting oh, a little. Oh yeah, Aaron, little Aaron, it, guys, it is it is growing. Oh, I just um, saw three last time. Oh, my. I will be I will be the first one to tell you, being from here, from down here in Miami. Um, a lot of Dolphin fans, they were hoping that move could have happened, at least for them. Um, not to say that they don't believe in Tua, but listen, we've seen what Watson is on the field, right? And any team will be crazy not to think why not. But um, I know the list has gone over eight and nine. And I'm going to tell you a quote that I heard um, one of our radio guys down here say. He goes, one or two or three, okay, you can probably see where people, they're trying to get money out of it, right? But you can't tell me all of a sudden there's eight, nine, ten allegations of the same type of thing. And you say, oh, well, it's not real. Right. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense for all nine of these, um, you know, people to all of a sudden say, well, let's all come together and, you know, let's just make up a lie. It just seems like it's too complicated for that. And this definitely now hurts not only Watson for sure. Right. But this hurts Houston even more. Because now the one thing, the one guy that you have left on your team, you don't have Hopkins anymore. You don't have J.J. Watt. The one player that you had left to try to get anything back for probably is going to get suspended for this upcoming football season. And who knows for how much longer, right? So this hurts to me the, their own franchise, okay? And there's no way a, a, any team in this league even thinks about this now to, to even try to see what it, what it would take to bring in a guy like that, right? I mean, can you imagine the circus of media, okay? Because I even heard that Philly was trying to get on it as well. Can you imagine Miami, Philly, or even New England, right? Teams that need teams that would probably say, man, like what would it take for a Deshaun Watson? This story comes out. Well, and, you know, I, I would say most franchises have shown that when it comes to character, they don't care. They don't care about do, what these guys but, do. But, but, but this is, you know – a player that comes out, right, Nick, and requests that he wants to get out of there, right? And then all of a sudden, this stuff starts to leak, and it hasn't stopped. 
Yeah, I know. I know. It's been over a week. It's been over a week, and every other day, a new person comes out and says, "Well, I'm one of them. I'm part of the group." And you're like, "Really? You know what I'm saying?" (laughs) Unless, of course, if you're the Patriots owner and you own, you know, a nail parlor or whatever the case is, right? And then that gets brushed underneath the rug. But this is sexual assault we're talking about. I know. But the NFL has shown for years that when it comes to a character and players, they don't care. Richie Incognito yeah. is still playing. Oh, Rich, oh yes. Joe Richie. Mixon still yeah. playing. When Ray Rice did all of his shit, he came back and he played. Mm-hmm. No, th- these franchises. Wow. Yeah, Antonio Brown. Great, great like, point, no, no, but, but Ray Rice, though, more than anything, because it was shown on TV, national television, him hitting his No, fiance. I know. He's the one that like suffered that, the most. Like that right there to me. Yes, correct. Yeah, he suffered the most right. because there was visual evidence, and that is, I mean, you can't come back from that. But even no. he came back and played for a little bit. And we're also talking about, like you said, this guy's a franchise quarterback. And quarterbacks get treated differently. If you think otherwise, you're wrong. Quarterbacks always get treated differently. So some team is going to probably try and buy low because the stock is low right now. And they're going to probably try and make the trade. I don't know if it's going to be soon, but some team is going to try and buy low on him now because of all these allegations. And it's just the way the NFL is. They don't care about people's character. They they really don't. They they might say they do in the press, but behind the scenes, all these guys care about is winning. And if you're going to come in and help the team win and go to a Super Bowl, that's all they care about. So uh, it's not going to surprise me if, you know, he gets picked up. It, it won't surprise me at all. Um, obviously, this whole situation is still kind of in its infancy because we keep getting allegations coming out and um, we don't know where this is going to go as far as if there's going to be a criminal trial or, or what the league is going to do. So this is one of those storylines we're going to have to follow all the way through until probably training camp because who knows if he gets suspended or if nothing happens at all, who knows? We, we, we don't know. It's still way too soon to tell, but as far as him actually getting moved, I, I still think he's going to get moved and, it, and it, it's just, you know, it is what it is. The the NFL, whether the allegations are true or not, we don't know at this point. But um, the, like I said, he's a franchise quarterback, so he's going to get the benefit of the doubt, and someone's going to sign him or, or yeah. trade for him, I should say. Yeah. Um, well, they, uh, real, real quick, that way we uh, move on. I, I think the one signing that I really love for the Bills and Josh Allen was Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I feel like they give him an, he gives them another option. Not to say that John Brown, you know what I'm saying, listen – it, it's great to have speed, right? But if at some point you c- cannot create that separation and be able to run like a five-yard post and create after that, um, I say that maybe your 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 luck has run out. And I think that replacing a John Brown with Emmanuel Sanders, already having digs there, you know what I'm saying? I, I think that really helps their offense. Yeah, I could definitely agree. You got that big guy. I mean, he's still... He's not going to be a speedster on both sides of the the field anymore. You got that big guy in Emmanuel Sanders who can play a little more physical, and um, I think that is actually going to be a pretty solid move. And I just got to ask real quick. This could be just a, a one-answer question, Manny. Who's going to be the starting quarterback next year for the Miami Dolphins? Is it going to be Tua, or are they going to start Jacoby? No, nah, it's, it's going to be Tua. I mean, right. you can't all of a sudden start Tua – in this first season, right? And then obviously we know what happened to Ryan Fitzpatrick. And listen, Godspeed to him. And this man has played for more teams than me. Through, through, you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, the man keeps getting signed and collecting millions. Um, it, it has to be Tua. If you don't, if you don't start Tua and you start Jacoby Brissett, 
it not only gives the fans a wrong message, it's going to give personally me, your own, your own very own organization, a wrong message. Because then it feels like you pressure Tua to go out there with an offensive coordinator in Changeli, which is no longer there, right? And for us Dolphin fans that watched this team last season, you quickly saw how Changeli changed the offensive play calling for Tua compared to Fitzpatrick, correct? So if Tua has not taken this offseason seriously, has gone through those changes per se, and has, has found his growth, and he comes into this season having a full scale, right? It's not COVID anymore. Well, excuse me, it is COVID, right? But now you know which ways to work around it, correct? You know how to get to the facility. You know how to be, you know, watching tape and go out there and practice on your own per se, right? So if Tua is not the starting quarterback for this football team, I think it sends the wrong message. And it probably sends the message of we drafted the wrong guy. Because up to a couple of days ago, Deshaun Watson was that guy the Dolphin fans wanted, right? So if you start Jacoby Brissett instead of Tua, it's going to keep opening those doors of, man, did it? Did we get it wrong with our first-round pick last season? Uh, Aaron, if you thought you were going to get a quick answer out of Manny, you crazy. Yeah, no, that was my bad. Uh, <laughs> I, I, since I will take the opportunity anytime it presents itself, I will go ahead and throw my opinion out there. I think two is trash. Okay, moving on. <laughs> The only thing oh, I will, on. the only thing I'm going to say about uh, other roster moves. You beat the Rams teams, last year. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, that was yeah. Look, go oh, ahead. Sorry, sorry. I, the, Rams, I, the, the Rams and Jared Goff beat themselves. Yeah, yeah I was going right. to say yeah. I encourage anyone, any Dolphins fan, to look at the stats on that game, and you tell me who won that game. Uh, the only thing I'm really going to touch on for other moves, and then we'll move on. Uh, I think a lot of people are jumping on the Patriots bandwagon, and I'm not buying it. I think Nelson Aguilar is way overrated. I think Kendrick Bourne, way overrated. Hunter Henry is a injury liability risk. Don't and do I, not talk about my alma mater guy and John o. Smith, man. No, Johnny Smith's good. No, Johnny Smith's good. I'm good All with that. Up, baby, FIU. Um, and then I think Cam Newton is washed as well. So Cam Newton, Aguilar, Bourne, and Henry, they invested a lot of money in those guys, not necessarily Cam, but the other guys they invested a lot of money in. And I don't get it. I don't, I don't, but Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick. So I guess we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but those signings in particular, I'm not buying it. I, d I don't know what they're doing there. I, I feel like that's kind of, uh, dumb, but whatever. Uh, the only other news we'll, we'll, uh, touch on before we get out of here. Uh, according to sources and uh, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk is reporting that the NFL is going to expand their regular season and they are going to go from 16 games to 17 games and they're going to reduce the preseason. That way they can kind of keep the season at, at its normal games uh, that the players are used to. But it looks like that's going to be approved sometime in the next couple months. The uh, um, league meetings are set for later this month. So don't be surprised if at the end of this month or early next month, we get a news release saying, Hey, NFL regular season has expanded. We don't play 16 games anymore. So we can't make eight and eight jokes anymore. So it's going to be 17 game regular season. So uh, have that to look forward to more football. I guess you can't be upset about that. Uh, the only other thing that I thought was worth noting was there was a lot of news that we kind of talked about a couple episodes ago about, Russell Wilson possibly getting traded him and the Seahawks aren't really getting along. Uh, the bears apparently were really heavy on Russell Wilson and they tried literally everything they could from all reports and the things that I've heard 
They tried everything they could to get Russell Wilson from the Seahawks, and the Seahawks were just not budging whatsoever. Apparently, the Bears pulled a Rams move, and they literally offered all of their first-round picks and starters, and the Seahawks said, no thanks, we'll pass. Apparently, they offered three first-round picks uh, in addition to a third-rounder and two starters. And from what I've heard, those two starters were going to be Akeem Hicks and Kyle Fuller. Uh, and then the past couple days, uh, coincidence or not, the Bears, since they've found out that the Seahawks are not pulling the the trigger on the trade, the Bears are allowing Akeem Hicks to seek a trade, and they straight up released Kyle Fuller. So, kind of crazy. Uh, would have been weird to see the Seahawks without Russell Wilson. I, sh- I certainly wouldn't have been upset, but it's kind of crazy that they went full-blown, everything they had after him, and the Seahawks still said no. Um Real quick, I guess gotta I gotta say something. Yep. The Seahawks fans are garbage. These yes, guys they are. are absolute piles. Of I will garbage. also always uh, take my chance to say that. In <laughs> addition to Joe Slander, I'll always say that too. Hostility in here. Garbage. Oh my gosh. I mean, listen. These, these I can I can probably tell you that from down here, the Jets fans are probably on that level of the Seahawks fans. I guess. <laughs> just yeah, I mean, they, they treat this guy. Uh, they treat, you know, uh, Russell Wilson makes some comments. He he's tired of getting sacked. I don't blame the guy. And then yeah. these fans over here start talking so much crap on him, and they're like, "Get rid of him! Get rid of him!" I wish, 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 wish the Seahawks would have got rid of him because then they would have realized how much they needed him, and then these fans would have been crying. Oh yeah, that would have brought so much joy to me. But you know what? I can't even. I, this, these fans are garbage. All right, there we go. I yeah, to... yeah, they really are. It's it's when you factor in what right, Russell Wilson well, has the 12th, done. The twelfth uh, man is garbage. Got it. Clear they this. are. They really <laughs> are. Uh, when you factor in what Russell Wilson has done with little to no help on the offensive line, he's had no weapons at running back since Marshawn left. Um, no weapons at tight end with the exception of a couple performances here and there from like Will Disley. And the only receiving threats he's ever had was Doug Baldwin. He just recently got DK Metcalf and um, Tyler, Tyler Lockett. Lockett That's it. Yeah. 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 So the team has literally done nothing to help him. The team has consistently invested in their defense for the most part. And they've given Russell literally, you know, almost no help on the offensive side. And you know, anyone that watched this past Super Bowl and saw Patrick Mahomes running for his life after every snap of the ball, if you've never watched a Seahawks game in the past couple of years, imagine that, uh, you know, that's basically what Russell Wilson's been doing every game for the past, like, two or three seasons. He snaps the ball, and he has to run for his life almost every snap because their line is trash. So I'm with Aaron. I have no problem with him going public and saying, hey, I'd really like it if you guys invested in our offensive line. That would be awesome because I'm kind of tired of getting hit. So I have no problem with that either. I'm, I'm totally cool with athletes speaking to the media and, and speaking their mind and, and stuff like that. So I'm totally cool with it. I know some Seahawks fans were buttered about it, but they're dumb to begin with, so I really don't <laughs> care. Um, we are a little pressed for time, so... We'll go ahead. We'll, we'll get out of here. We got a nice little 40 minute episode for you guys. And hopefully we'll kind of keep this uh, somewhat steady going forward. We'll have a, uh, I almost said a rad because Aaron put that as his screen name in our chat. <laughs> um, 
We'll have Guys, Aaron with us. Can I just say one thing before we sign off? Yeah. Carson Wentz is a joke. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll use that as a teaser for our next episode, I guess. We'll let Manny start off the episode talking about Carson Wentz. I'll just ask him a question and I'll put myself on mute. And we'll probably get a good 15 minutes out of Manny on that one. So that'll be a teaser for our next episode. We'll talk about Carson Wentz. Um, and hopefully, like I said, going forward, we'll we'll make these a little bit more consistent. Everything's been crazy with people's schedules lately. So that's kind of why we've been having some gaps and breaks. But hopefully we'll get all three of us together. I still want to do a, a recap episode where we talk about all of our predictions we made for the 2020 season because we haven't got to do that yet. And I think I have no idea what you're talking about, Nick. Yeah, well, we're going to do it definitely because there's going to be some good moments in there. Um, So we'll definitely do that here uh, coming up and draft season is going to be coming up soon. So ton of stuff to talk about. Um, And as always, you know, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, Look for us on Twitter. I, I, Aaron, I think, is getting maybe a little bit more of the hang of Twitter, so maybe we'll start to see some Aaron tweets here soon. I just retweeted a Bitcoin thing through my Cash App and got ten dollars worth. Of Good job, Good nice, job, Brad. Good yeah. job, Brad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, be sure to look for us on Twitter uh, if you're a hardcore football fan as well as a hardcore football fan. Uh, Manny is a good Twitter follow. Um, Whenever he starts tweeting about soccer, I just have to keep scrolling because I don't care and I don't like (laughs) soccer. Um, And then, uh, yeah, so we appreciate you guys listening. It's it's always fun. We can get together and do this kind of thing. So thanks for giving us a little bit of your time and uh, letting us talk some football with you guys. We will be back hopefully sooner rather than later. Take care, guys.